Hey B, would you like to record an episode of Wheels Up Our Criminal Minds podcast? James, I would love to record an episode of Wheels Up Our Criminal Minds podcast. Do you want to talk about season one, episode 13, Poison? I will talk about it. You don't, you don't want, want to? Might be a strong. A strong <laughs> <one>. <laughs> this episode isn't bad, though. No, I will it's say I did like, like an episode. There was intrigue. Yeah. It was like, ooh, twists and turns. And this is the first time Criminal Minds does like a poison chemical agent episode. And I think oh, they I do it pretty so. well for the first time out of the gate. Yeah. For the first time doing not just like a regular old killer, I think they do okay. Okay, 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 okay. Yeah. Am I selling you on this episode like a used car salesman? Here we have a 2006 <laughs> episode of Criminal Minds. Great mileage on it. I think you can really get some rewatch value out of this one. Can you? I think it's an entirely good, forgettable episode of Criminal Minds. It left me with a couple of questions. Ooh, ooh, some it. intrigue. We like, hit, we like learned some things, and then at the end of it, I went, "Wait, <laughs> what, what about that?" <laughs> Hold up, wait. Okay, all right, let's get started. Here we go. Season one, episode thirteen, poison. We are in the back half officially. We're in the back half of season one now. Oh dang! Yeah, because we're episode though. thirteen. Lucky number thirteen, honestly. Honestly, I mean, since Criminal poison. Minds is like the the alt of the you know it's like the alt kid in high school who's like the weird version of the shows that like teens are obsessed with it's like on the alt side of that spectrum so i feel like this episode 13 is now like lucky to criminal minds because it always has like pretty good episodes on episode 13 i'm glad we're bringing up the critical mind criminal minds uh metaphors (laughs) criminal minds is that girl who's super alternative at school and then you find out she lives in like a really nice suburban house and is actually like very rich and her pants are very nice. <laughs> she hates them for no reason. <laughs> like, yeah. Weird start to this podcast. Yeah, it's a weird energy. But we gotta here, we gotta sure. get these vibes right. Let's just head into the episode. <laughs> Maybe we'll vibe correct along the way. <laughs> the real treasure are the vibes we made along the way. Okay. What happens this episode, James? We are in Beechwood, New Jersey. It is the middle of the right. Oh my god! <sighs> yeah, you that's wanna, the okay. vibe. Okay, take it again. Okay. We are in Beechwood, New Jersey. It's the middle of the night. We are on a dark road, driving. Um, there's a kid in the passenger seat, little boy, and his dad. And the dad is like. Ooh, isn't it so creepy? And the kid's like, what are you talking about? And the dad's like, it's just like creepy dark woods. Ooh. Um, we find that he's a teacher. Yeah, this reads so much like a like a dad trying desperately to relate to a son that he hasn't talked to in a while. It was literally like as soon as he mentioned he was divorced and was like, think about it this way. Every other week we'll get to hang out. I was like, oh, yeah, that's the vibes I got. <laughs> like as soon as <laughs> yeah. he started talking, I was like, oh, right. this dad is divorced. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And um, the dad sees like a deer in the road and swerves onto the shoulder. And the kid's like, what are you doing? And he says, oh, I saw we got a flat tire. Um. 
He's like, I saw a deer on the road. The kid didn't see anything. First clue. The next clue is they get a flat tire and the dad goes out to change it. And um, the kid's waiting in the car, but the dad keeps hearing these like creepy noises and sees like a dark shadow, like a Sasquatchy thing, and starts just like swinging at him. And there's like a bunch of them. And then he turns around and he starts like hitting one of them like super hard and then it like cuts to like the passenger seat of the car being empty heavily implying that he just like beat the shit out of his kid yeah the way that they did that sequence i want to say the way that they did that sequence was actually kind of neat like yeah the way that they the dread that you felt when they showed when they like turned the camera around and looked back at the car and you saw that the car was empty you were like Mm -hmm. oh like yeah. that was good. Yeah. Like they did a good job of like keeping it close on the dad when he's like swinging the tire iron so you never hear him hitting anything. You never see him hitting anybody, but then he turns around and he sees this weird face and then you hear him hitting a person, you know? So they did a good job of like keeping it keeping you like questioning if mm-hmm. there were people or not. Um, like, is this dad just swinging wildly at nothing, or is he swinging at people trying to get them, you know? And then it cuts to the passenger side empty, and you're like, oh, shit, he fucking killed this kid. Also, I do want to note, if you're like me and you go to the IMDb pages for these episodes, and you see the kid is played by, um, Brayden LaMasters, who has now been in a few other tv shows but also mainly is in popular pop alt like boy band wallows actually which i was like looking at the imdb page and i'm like this guy's name sounds really familiar what do i know him from turns out he's in one of one of my favorite bands and also the tv show tagged so just a fun little fun fact for you about the child actor this episode who was like pretty good anyway it's freaking in the five seconds he was on screen before he was um dead well he he coma. didn't die he just is heavily implied to he maybe was one have of the brain damage yeah he was one of the big questions because they like show him later in the hospital and they're like we don't know if he's gonna pull through and then we do not get a check-in on him at the end of the episode they do not bother to tell us how that worked yeah. so i was like um i hope that guy didn't fucking kill his kid like yeah i hope the kid's like okay (laughs) i hope the kid's like fine okay so no son in car and then we cut to the morning and you see the car is like empty and the police like a state trooper you know pulls over and is like hello and he knocks on the window and the dad like shoots up banging on the window blood on his hands screaming um and then the guy walks around and sees the passenger door open and it's like, oh, there might be somebody else. This guy's definitely on drugs. There might be somebody else. And then he sees the boy and is like, we need an ambulance, dad. <sighs> A horrifying start to an episode, honestly. I know. I know. This is such a... Like, this is such a wild start to an episode that turns out to be, like, just okay in the end, you know? It's like, like from the way about, that like, they start time. with this, they're like, oh, you're, you're in for a treat. And then it, this episode is, like, a seven at best, you know? 
Yeah. It's also like not about this case. Like literally once they like get what they need from the dad, Mm -hmm. we do not hear about these people anymore. (laughs) Yeah, they are gone. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Okay. So we cut to an interview, like an interrogation with the dad. Um, The son's unconscious. He has four broken bones. He's going to be in the hospital for like a month. And they like they tell the dad that he beat him, and the dad is like, "No, I'm not gonna do it. I didn't do it." And he kind of goes like crazy, and then it like zooms out, and it's like the BAU watching the video. They love this transition. Yeah, I mean, I do. I did like it here because I was like, "Oh, that's cool," but they do that so much, so fucking often. Yeah. This is the first time I think they do it with video, though, right? I think so. Yeah. Maybe in derailed a couple times, but this is the first time we get introduced to like a new location like this. Yeah. Yeah. So we find out that that was two days ago. Um, The guy was on LSD. He didn't. Yeah, he was on LSD, but he said he couldn't remember what happened. Um, We find out that LSD usually lasts for about eight, uh, 18 hours. And then we learned that there are six other patients who were admitted in the last 24 hours. And the CDC called them. And then once again, Derek is like, listen, I get people were like dosed, but like, why is this a BAU case? And I was like, Derek, you need to stop being this device. I hate this. He really just exists to make them explain why the BAU takes the cases it does. And I'm so tired of it now. Like, okay, we get it. Every case they talk about probably could have been solved by somebody else, but the BAU is on it now. We get it, Derek. It's so funny because, like, they show up and do police work, right? They, like, Mm -hmm. interview victims, families, suspects. They, like, look at the evidence. They, like, go to... They show up and just, like, do the police work. But they're like better at it because it's like a weird case, you know? So it's like really interesting to me that this is like not a police procedural, but we get all of the typical police procedural things. Best Mm -hmm. of both worlds. Hannah Montana. (laughs) Hannah Montana is actually the theme songwriter of Criminal Minds. Did you know that? For one second, I believed you. Do you think if I just came on this podcast and said lies, people would believe me? Do you think I have enough credibility and like can say it in like a convincing enough way that I could be like, yeah. Maybe about something. It's not Hannah Montana writing the theme song. She's a little young for that. Yeah, true. Billy Ray Cyrus, though, definitely could have written the the theme song. Who wrote Billy the Ray Cyrus theme was song? old enough to have written it. I don't know if he could have written it. <laughs> Does Billy Ray Cyrus not have the musical range for the Criminal Minds? No, 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 no. No. Sorry, that was a very unfunny bit that we just did. I thought it was funny. (laughs) Mark Fantini wrote the Criminal Minds. Good friend. Fantini. Nice, good friend. Happy friend. (laughs) Okay. Thanks, Mark. 
I was thinking actually that like the Criminal Minds theme song is perfect because like whether or not something funny happens right before or serious happens right before that like like works so well to transition us, you know? Yeah, it's really like a great equalizer of a theme song. No matter what vibes you're going for, this at the very least will not ruin those vibes, you know? Like it's not, maybe it's not going to improve them. It's not going to make it funnier. But the vibes are steady. (laughs) That's the name of the episode. (laughs) The vibes are steady. Yeah. Um, Okay. So um, we find out that the people were dosed 10 to 20 times the normal dose, enough to kill a small child. Um, There's one death in one coma, and the other five people are fine, theory. Um, In theory, fine. And then... They show us video of the hospital ward in, like, chaos. And Gideon says they weren't spiked. They were poisoned. Which. Can't you be both? Some That feels like a semantics thing. Yeah, you know, like, 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 if someone spikes the punch with vodka, that's spiking. But if you spike it with botulism... That's poison. You know, like. It feels like it's just like you can be both. You can be both spiked with poison or spiked with other things, right? Yeah. Because like what defines what defines a thing being poisonous? Hold on. I got you. The definition of spike is to add alcohol or a drug to contaminate food surreptitiously. So that's literally it. And then the definition of poison is to administer poison either deliberately or accidentally. So, or to adulterate or contaminate with poison. So it's literally the same thing, Gideon. Yeah. Okay, sure. Gideon just was like, no, we got to make this sound. Dramatic. This is Gideon's dramatic, dramatic moment, honestly. I mean, on all his moments. His dramatic moment. Why is Gideon so dramatic? Why is he so... What's his deal? Dramatic. Yeah. Um, Okay. We go to the plane. We find out that the woman, person who died was an old woman who was 75 who ran out into the road and was dead on arrival. The person in the she coma got hit was by a, a car. Hit by a car. Right. <laughs> ran into you the just road said ran out into the road and then was dead on arrival. And I'm like, in the middle of the road? No, she, <laughs> she got just, hit like, by a boom. car and then she, yeah. was, then she was dead. Yeah. And then the coma person was a child who was nine years old who fell out of a treehouse and hit her head. Um, we don't learn about the other four people. They are unimportant. <laughs> I guess they're just, like, fine now. Yeah. All of them have no idea how they got poisoned, no memory of their time on the drug, um, and there's been no press coverage because they don't want, like, a widespread panic, which is smart. Um, Yeah. We... This episode feels like I'm just doing, like, a book report. (laughs) This episode... Like, like I said, a lot of things that happen in this episode are just, like, fine. Yeah. It's, like, a fine episode. Yeah, like There's if someone like, went, hey, do you want to watch Poison? I'd be like, yeah, okay. Yeah, but, sure. Yeah, sure. Okay. We learned there are four types of poisoners. 
The first is the true believer who does it for a political or religious reason. The second is the extortionist who tampers with medicine or holds something hostage. The third is a prankster who's younger and doesn't actually mean harm. And the fourth is an inventor who is out with a vendetta. They typically start on a small scale and then do large scale. Um, I, the thing I do like about this episode is they talk about like the four types of like poisoners in like an interesting, in like an interesting way. They're just like, we all remember the four types of poisoners, but let's go over it just so we can talk chat a little bit. Not only that, but each of them gets to say one type of poisoner. That's what I really <laughs> liked. Is it was like Gideon is like, well, you've got your true believer. And then it's like Derek is like, then there's the extortionist. And I was like, and the prankster. You know, and it finishes up with Hoth being like, and the Avenger. It's like so funny. Like they all get, it's like when they do the profile and they perfectly like go down the line with their <laughs> yeah. details. It's like the start of that. We haven't quite gotten to the like, there's eight of us in a line at the front of the classroom and each of us says two sentences. This is like the precursor to that. But it's also so funny because it's like, sometimes you become very aware that TV shows are written, right? Yeah. And like, you're like, Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Somebody just wrote that line and wanted to make sure that one person wasn't saying all the dialogue in this scene. It just like, like it made me laugh that it's so obvious here. They're like, we all yeah. know this, but can yeah. everybody in the class tell me one type of poisoner? <laughs> this was the first time that they really did that. Cause sometimes JJ will say like, what do you mean? Or Elle will be mm -hmm. like, what is that? But this time they just did it for no reason they just were like we need to say this out loud for the audience it gets really really obvious when i mean in the later seasons there are so many of them and they just like line up and it's like eight people in a line and it's like sometimes they'll switch up the order of who speaks to like <laughs> keep you on your toes but it's just like okay but like why are you guys giving a book report like, we don't need all eight of you to speak a line in every profile. It's like that. Um, yeah, so they're going to find the victim pattern and see if there were any um, connections. And then they can find a clue to the type of poison it is. Um, Gideon and Hodge go to the hospital. We see the boy with his mom. He may not recover. Um, and they're like, why was the dad violent? That's what we need to find out. He's in the psych ward. Um, I okay. love Gideon's introduction to this man. Gideon walks into the room. This guy's like, you a shrink or a cop? And Gideon is like, eh, both? Both. Yeah, All of the above. His, like, fluffy blue robe. <laughs> Very upset. Dragged out of bed to talk to Gideon. Like, <laughs> Yeah. He's having the worst time of his life, literally. Yeah. And he says that, um, like, his wife cheated on him in their house, in his bed, with the neighbor. And the worst part is the son's angry at him, even though, like, the wife's the one that cheated. And he says that he's raw, broken, and seriously pissed off. Um, And then he starts banging his head against the wall. And Gideon is like, okay, well, he never said that he did it, so, like, we can assume he really doesn't remember. And Gideon also, like, assumes he's like, yeah, Gideon, uh, this guy's angry as hell, but he's not angry at the kid. 
Yeah, and then he loves this, that kid. We get this great like moment where we explain what a roofie is, where they're like, yeah. it's rohypnol, which is commonly or it's used to like sedate people and like fog memory, and it's commonly known as the date rate drug roofie. Um. And all Which, of them like, have. You Rohypnol. also kind of have to remember that this was like 2006. I guess so. So, like, I kind of like now. If you say Rohypnol or Rufi, most people are gonna know what you're talking about. Like in general. Yeah, I guess so. They just talked about it like cops, and it made me laugh. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, <laughs> they're cops. These kids are doing LSD and Rohypnol. <laughs> I was just like. Okay, no one says that. Like, guys, God, you guys are just cops. Like, God, you guys are such cops sometimes. Yeah. And so they interviewed everyone, and there were no reasons for dosing. And they think it might be a prankster after all because of the mix of LSD and roofies. So it's like the LSD made them hallucinate, and then the roofies made them forget it. Um, they leave the hospital. And then we find out that there's a diner where four of the seven victims were seen eating. Um... And JJ's immediately worried about a leak getting out because they don't want anyone to call it bioterrorism. They don't want to start a panic. They are like, we just need to like do this without making a big deal about it. Um, and they did tell the owner and JJ's like, I'm going to go talk to the staff to like let them know to keep it quiet. Um, Which is like, I love that they're showing sort of like JJ's area of expertise here. She's like, we cannot let this get out. I'm going to talk to everybody involved to make sure they stay quiet. Um, while this mm -hmm. goes on it's like yeah. I don't know I just like it because it was a few episodes ago that we also had what was it wasn't it a few episodes ago where we had something similar with Gideon telling them to like round up the clowns that was last AKA episode the reporters that was last episode 12 yeah, yeah. Um, and she did like, the I like that they're going on a little kick right now of like the press matters the way that you frame a situation does matter mm-hmm yeah, uh, and that does come up again later. So Gideon asks the owner about like a teenager and is like, have you seen any teenagers in here? And she's like, yeah, I don't remember them. There's a lot of them. And they were like, okay. <laughs> The way she says it is so funny. She's like, I mean, yeah, but yeah. <laughs> they're teenagers. I don't know them. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then she says that there was a boy called... Donnie Wallace, who is the busboy, and his girlfriend was there last night, and like his friends always come in. And I was like, okay, I'll go to his girlfriend's or I'll go find him. So she can't find him at home. He wasn't at school. He called out sick from work. So she goes to his girlfriend, Samantha's house. Um, and she's home and she's got like bruises on her neck, doesn't remember anything. Danny took her on a motorcycle. Um, and she woke up naked with bruises on her. And it's kind of like heavily implied that he assaulted her, right? While she was unconscious. Yes. And then she calls him and she's like, don't tell them anything. Who's there? Who did you call? Like, what's going on? And then Elle's like, okay, call 911, lock the door. Uh, and Elle arrests him. And she's literally like, bet this isn't the day you had envisioned when you skipped school. It's like, Elle. Okay. Elle! <laughs> Uh, By the way, also, can we talk about the way that L found this boy? Because he was on his motorcycle, like, pointed 
not even pointed at the road. He was pointed at like a fence. He, was, he had like, he parked, like he had parked in front of her house. Yeah. And like, he wasn't even pointed like he could get away at that point in time. It just didn't make sense to me. And I'm like, you guys completely forgot how like getaways work, huh? Like, yeah. it just. Like he was a, well, I don't think um, he was expecting someone to be there. Like, I think he had come to park in front of her house to go like talk to her. Mm-hmm. And so when he had to get away, he was like, oh, shit, I got to back up. Too bad I drive this loud as hell. This extremely fucking loud motorcycle. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. So they cut to the interrogation room. And Elle is immediately like, sex was an issue in your relationship. Like, you roofied her and then you hit her. And the guy's like, no, whoa, pause, quick pause. We had sex. <laughs> Flag on the play here. First. Yeah, he's like, well, we had sex first. And then she woke up and fucking attacked me. Like, I was just trying to hold her down. She was like screaming and hallucinating and like trying to beat the shit out of me. And he was like, if I wanted to have sex with her, like, okay, a, like a roofie, I guess. But like, why would I give her LSD? He makes a weird point of like, He's like, listen, if it was acid, I've done that before. That doesn't exactly set the mood if you don't tell the person that you're giving it to them. Like, yeah. number one, yeah. way to incriminate yourself in a police station, bud. Good good job. Well, <laughs> Real proud of you for that They can't arrest you for having done acid. <laughs> like, <laughs> I know, it's just so funny that you're like, yeah, okay, yeah. just talk to the cops about this, I guess. And He's <laughs> like, I will admit to having done acid if it gets y'all to stop me think- thinking that I fucking like drugged my girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so no <laughs> follow-up on that. No idea what happened. They just drop this plot immediately. Like, she thinks her boyfriend assaulted her and they never follow up on that okay and then derek reed hotch and gideon are watching from the other side of the glass and derek is like i mean he's kind of got a point like why give her lsd and this is when they point out like okay well it was lsd for the hallucination and the roofies to forget so like it's not a prankster because he's cleaning up his tracks and a prankster wouldn't do that and they were like there's no ransom no yet it's not an extortionist um and it's not political or religious because there's been no message. So it has to be an Avenger. Yeah, they kind of yep. go back through the the categories that they gave us at the beginning. And they're like very softly and nicely explaining to us why all the other ones cannot be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, thank you for keeping us in the loop on this one, gang. You're really teaching us, teaching us good this week. I can't believe the Avengers would do this. It's a little visual gag just for me and me only. <laughs> just for you. I turned my red LED lights on. That's the joke. Cut this out. This is so silly. <laughs> or keep it. It makes us seem personable. We're building those parasocial relationships. God, no. We are not. <laughs> um, Is it parasocial if only our friends live listen to this? Or is that just social? I think a lot of them are parasocialing me, and that's okay. <laughs> oh, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Because I don't know them as well as you do. So a lot of them are just like, oh, hey, B. And I'm like, who are you? What is your name? <laughs> you change your so, like, name so nice often. Way. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, exactly. In a very nice way. But I'm also yeah. like, I have no idea who you are. Stop telling me to go die when I tell you to drink water or whatever. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> whoops. Yeah, that's the parasocial relationship there. The profile. This, the person is doing it for revenge. 
They're probably a local. They might have an accomplice. They are between 30 and 50 years old. The LSD is because the UNCEP wants to alter perception. He feels he's been treated unjustly. He's so self-centered that he thinks that they will just know why they are being poisoned. Um, and that the roofie was to erase the memory because the people who got roofied were not the primary target. They were the test run. And he's probably like tried to speak up about his grievances before. Um, maybe he filed complaints or whatever, and he's watching what's happening and he wants a result. That's our profile. And they also make a mention. Is this when? Never mind. Continue. <laughs> okay. Sorry. I just realized I don't write the summary for these episodes, so I have no idea when things happen. So <laughs> I'm just let you take it and take me where I go. Okay. Lead me, James. I feel like one of my big gripes about this episode is they give us the same information over and over again. It's like, here's the types of poisoners. Here's who it probably is. Here's all the signs and why we think it is. Here's the profile, the same thing we've been saying. Here's this, and that's why it's this guy. And then, oh, I guess you're wrong. No, you were right. Here's the definition of the profile. Like, here's the profile again. It was just like, bruh. I get this, it. I think this is kind of a thing that they do in early Criminal Minds a lot. Because I remember the, like, the last episode that we talked about this, too, is like, they solve the information. They solve the case with the information they're given within the first 15 minutes of the episode. Yeah. And so it negates 20 minutes of the middle of the episode there. Thanks so much. You know, like, I feel like that's just a problem with early criminal minds is they didn't quite figure out how to how to pace it yet. They do a lot better later, but they haven't figured yeah. that out yet. They also like intersperse it a lot with like personal stuff which makes the case take longer. Whereas in the early days, I think they're really trying to hammer home the case aspect of it and not the like personal aspect of it. So it's not like padded with as much like just conversation as it is later on. And the bad thing about them trying to focus on the case aspect of it more than the people aspect of it is that they aren't very good at writing cases yet. Because yeah. this is no, their yeah. first season of 15 years, you know? Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> this is the first time you're trying to do this book report. You're not going to do it good the first time. This is why you have rough drafts in writing, right? I feel like all of season one is, like, their rough draft for, like, trying to figure out how shit goes. Because they're just mm -hmm. not very good at it yet. Sure. But I think this is, like, a good case. I think this is an interesting case and concept and, like, location and everything I just think this episode didn't execute on it very well. But, like, it's still good. It's still, like, good to watch. It's fine. I'll watch it again. Like, of yeah, season one, I think fun. this is one of those episodes that's just so firmly... All right. Sure. Yeah. 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 This is one it's of those, fine. like, very entirely forgettable season yeah. one episodes which yeah, like most I have of absolutely no memory of this episode yeah exactly yeah. i completely um, forgot about it i remembered the first part of it but then everything after that i'm like this is a completely new show to me <laughs> yep um okay and then we get an info league bum 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 the news says the restaurant is closed 
that there were hallucinatory drugs and some sort of poisoning. And then they do not name the the restaurant. And so like, please name the restaurant. They don't. Yeah, this is exactly what JJ and Hotch were talking about earlier. And Hotch is like, all right, if you have, um, call your call your nine one one dispatchers. Let them know that they need to bring extra people mm-hmm. on. Call in your auxiliary cops. You're gonna need a lot of people here. Call the hospital. Let them know that they're about to get a lot of psychosemantic cases. And the police chief is like, everybody, shut the fuck up here for a second. Why? And then every phone in the building starts ringing. God, the drama of like, cut to Hotch, cut to the phones, cut to the phones, cut to JJ, cut to the phones, cut to the phones, cut to the detective, cut to the phones, 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 Gideon, panic. Like, <laughs> I immediately stopped watching the episode and made a gif. Because that was so fucking funny. Because like, Hotch is like, here's why, here's why, people are going to panic. They're going to think they're sick, whatever. And then the guy is like, stop. But why? What's going to happen? And then they do this drama. Like, they might as well be going, ba-boom, 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 ba-boom. And Gideon's like, it's panic. <laughs> it's like, alrighty. It kind of reminds me of the editing. You know on Chopped, when they put really dramatic music over seemingly mm-hmm. innocuous things happening? like The some- tons. The wontons! No, I've left them in too long! Or, like, when somebody's, like, cracking an egg and they do it wrong, or they, like, leave a little bit of eggshell in there, and the camera zooms in and the music is like, oh, no! That's what this part reminds me of. It reminds me of Chopped, my favorite Food Network TV show. It really is mine, though. Because that's just the Um, same... It's the same style of editing, really. It's the... The dramatic style. Yeah, and they were doing some, they were doing some very interesting cuts. Like, I thought my DVD was, like, skipping because, um, because it was, like, jump cut, jump cut, jump cut, but, like, slightly. It was, like, the policeman was, like, turning, and then it, like, cut to him more turned. And I was, like, why are we doing this? Why are we doing this, though? They were really trying their best. Were they? Were they, though? No, but... (laughs) (laughs) No, but they were doing some shit, you know? They were being experimental. (laughs) They were trying to figure out what type of show this was. And do I think they succeeded? No, but they were trying some things. Like, did try. Exactly. And my mom always said, as long as you made an attempt, it's better than not making an attempt. So. Uh huh. But none of the people so far have been saying that they're hallucinating and there's no new leads, like at all. It cuts to, like, you know, later after they've done all their stuff. And Derek and Elle go back to the cafe. JJ and Reed go to the hospital. And so at the hospital, JJ tells the nurse, like, hey, all of them are psychosomatic. Um, she gives them the, like, rundown of the news. And she's like, but is there any, like, one person who's, like, clearly it's, like, real for? And the nurse is like, oh, yeah, there's, like, one case. She's, like, barely breathing. Um, so they go to see the woman and the doctor is like, her legs aren't moving. She could barely speak. And now she can't speak at all. 
you know, she has like the roofy um, symptoms, but not the LSD symptoms. And Rita's like test her for like sarin gas and like botulism. And the doctor's like, do you think it's a bioweapon? And he was like, maybe. Let's just be safe. I um, love that everybody else in this episode is like, guys, it's not like a bioweapon. We don't want to cause a panic. And then Reed is like, can you test this person for sarin gas, please? <laughs> I'm saying this very loudly in the middle of a crowded hospital. Can you test for the effects of terrible bioweapons, please? <laughs> like Everybody else is like, guys, we're not going to start a panic. We're just going to... Play it chill, play it cool. And Rita's like, can you test for ricin? Like, <laughs> I love you, Spencer yep. Reed. Um, and then and then Elle and Derek. Okay, costume report of the episode is for Elle. She wears this jacket. It's like a brown leather jacket with like a fuzzy hood. That is like Elle's jacket. She she's worn that in like every episode so far, and I love that for her. Hey man, when you get when you find a comfy jacket. Oh. 100 it's just so funny to me like no one else has like repeated costumes and and lola was like no i am wearing this jacket in every episode though i really guys i really do like this jacket can i keep it thank you yeah i'm from brooklyn (laughs) it is much too cold here please give me a jacket yeah so there's no traces of the of spiked stuff in the cafe no links at all um then they find out that there could be another another location and it's the first new jersey federal bank across the street from the cafe and they're like maybe it's there so they were like okay let's go to the bank let's look at the tapes and then they find out that all seven people were at the bank and they all took candy from the bowl so they like are like the cdc is going to check the candy let's call hodge um and it cuts to the hospital and the woman is dying and she's saying like it's the end it's the end and hotch like garcia emails a picture to morgan's flip phone of the woman i love how into small screens we were in like 2006 chef's kiss the tiniest photo i this actually came up I was rewatching Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift last night, which was also a movie from like that 2006-ish time period. Mm. And in the final race of Tokyo Drift, <laughs> they don't have the people watching the drift, the drift race, like from the sidelines. No, no, no. They have people set up on each cool drift corner with tiny little shitty flip phones that they are broadcasting to other people watching on tiny little shitty flip phones. And it is the most 2006 way I can imagine this movie going. Like, it is so... Why were we so obsessed with the tiny little screens in 2006? My first cell phone was like, literally a brick it had a button on the side and when you press the button the top like flipped open or like automatically i felt so fucking cool um but i didn't have texting my mom wouldn't pay for texting but i could check my email (laughs) so my mother and i would email each other (laughs) that's actually so brilliant (laughs) i would email my mom from my flip phone using my like hotmail account 
to be like, I'm at Panera now. <laughs> you know? That's honestly so brilliant of your mom. Like, save that money. Like, <laughs> But like, how much more must it have cost to have, like, I had, like, Wi-Fi on my phone, but I couldn't <laughs> text? My first phone was also like a flip phone, and I might still have it somewhere. Um, I ju- I could text, but that thing was fucking indestructible. I played catch with it across the fucking band room during lunch sometimes. Yep. Because that shit would not break. My second phone was one of the ones that was like, you sit it up horizontally and it yeah. had a keyboard. I felt so fucking cool. But I texted so much that the like certain letters were like broken. Like I said, something like 700 text messages a month on that thing. And it was the so buttons were like true, no thank tiny you. popular James. Oh please. <laughs> my like one friend. Um anyway. Why Hot we is- were so obsessed with two thousand in two thousand six with these tiny little shitty phones. And fucking the picture that Penelope emails him is not even the full like no. size of the phone. It's tinier still. And he yeah. just like holds it up to Elle and she doesn't even squint, which is the most unrealistic part of this entire fucking episode. Yeah. Yeah. She's just like, oh yeah, I definitely can find that person and see their characteristics here. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, let me just uh cool, 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 cool. <laughs> like, what the <laughs> fuck? Yeah, and then Elle like squints at it and then like starts going through her like printed out photos. Um, so very it's uh funny. I love it. Um, and she is at the bank and she is like putting something into the candy but then they see that like at this is this when they figure out about the envelopes? no this no. is not where they no. figure out about the envelopes that takes three more pages of notes okay <laughs> so we're back at the hospital and they find out that she does have botulism so I looked up botulism uh-huh. there's three types I'm going to assume that this is like food born botulism um, and botulism comes from a bacteria called Clostridium botulinum. Um, Ooh, James the Science Boy this episode. Oh, yeah, you know. Um, and it kills you between, like, 12 and 36 hours after you touch it, but if it's a higher dose, it kills you faster, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so for her to have botulism, she must have, like, come into contact with it. Yeah, uh, and this yeah. is where they start to, they're like, okay, well, who could have access to this deadly poison? And they say that New Jersey is the, like, chemical and pharmaceutical, like, capital of the United States. Yeah. Why do drug companies like New Jersey so much? It's probably cheaper to do stuff there than in New York. That's still so... I only know New Jersey... I don't actually know what goes on in New Jersey, and I don't think I want to know. But <laughs> the fact that they're just like, oh, yeah, casually, you know, it's the pharmaceutical drug company capital of the United States is so wild yeah. to me. Yeah. Basically, though, there are a lot of people who could have access to botulism. Yeah. 
And like any good like chemist or like high ranking lab assistant would know how to basically refine it so that it could be used to kill somebody is kind of my understanding there. Yeah. So they're like, cool. Now we're, we've narrowed it down to the fucking geeks. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, And then they cut to something that like, okay. It does come into play later, but I don't think that they showed it in a good way. They had, um, the unsub, I guess, come into the office with like his hat covering his face. He's got like a fake name, um, and it's just like a lot. He's very clearly suspicious. Doesn't want anyone to look at him. Other people are talking loud, loudly, you know, all that kind of stuff. And he's being all sneaky. And then you see him like go into the main part of the office. And that's all we get from that character of moment. And also it doesn't make sense. I mean, they like figure out that like right after that, we learned that like she was definitely like the accomplice. Mm-hmm. So I think the implication is like, well, if she's the accomplice, then that guy you just saw being all sneaky is, is definitely the, the killer. Yeah. I guess yeah. to me it just didn't make sense why he was going into the offices at that time. Well, to poison the punch. But the punch, I thought the punch happened like much um, it, later. It does. It does. That's why I said that like they showed that to be like, oh, he's in the office. Um Okay. But then they don't they don't like make that connection for us enough. Like, they do it in that moment, and then later when the punch is poisoned, we're supposed to say, oh, that was was that that guy I saw earlier. You know, but they don't make that connection for us. Oh, weird. I think they just, I think they should have placed that clip a little bit later, Mm -hmm. time-wise, than they did. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so that clip comes right right before we learn that she was an executive assistant, doesn't fit the profile. Um, she was an accomplice and they're like, okay, so the unsub must have poisoned her. Like we said that, you know, he had no empathy. He was going to kill his office accomplice while he did, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and then reads like, yeah, it's the deadliest poison. They die within 36 hours. Um, but it can be ordered as Botox and then purified by a chemist. So that's when they're like, okay. The unsub must be a chemist. Yeah. Great. So then we learn about, um, so they start looking basically at like pharmaceutical companies who've like laid off a lot of people. So they're like, okay, it's probably going to be Hitchcock Pharmaceutical, which, okay, can we talk about how the pharmaceutical executives are supposed to be the sympathetic characters in this episode? Like they do the thing where they like talk a good game and then don't follow through so like Derek is like this guy was working there for 19 years and then they just like laid him off and got rid of his health insurance so they like talk a good game about the pharmaceutical companies being shitty but then at the end we're supposed to be like oh these poor executives on their retreat got poisoned <laughs> oh darn did you raise the prices of insulin too high and now you're having to pay the price oh darn <laughs> it's like literally I'm like Kuna Mines are you in the cup? pocket of big pharma too 
I think they are. Because, like, oh, it's maybe. seriously... Why the fuck? Yeah. I have no sympathy for any pharmaceutical executive who makes more money than God every year and then mm-hmm. continues to raise the price of life-saving drugs just because they want to make more money. Like, shut the fuck up. Exactly. Yeah. So... They and start, also, they're they all, like, pers- white dudes on a business retreat, and I'm like, no. No, there were two black men there. Okay, they met their diversity quotas. I'm happy for them. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, like, the yeah. main guy that they show you is just this insufferable-looking white dude, and I'm like, nah, fuck you, dude. Yeah. Um. So they have Garcia look up Hitchcock Pharmaceutical, and she says, like, a ton of people were fired, like, more than I can go through. So, But there are 30 people who were downsized and kind of shuffled off um so Gideon and Hatch are like and Derek are like okay so he's gonna be a workplace mass murderer which means he's like not gonna give up he's not gonna be taken he's got no empathy just terrible guy so this is kind of the first time that they're like combining profiles on us isn't it because they're kind of combining the poisoner the Avenger profile that they had, and they're like, "Oh, but yeah, now maybe. he's kind of acting more like a workplace mass murderer who chose poison as his weapon." Well, no, because the first time they did that was the episode of the with the forger, who was like, they were like, "He's an arsonist," and then no, he's a forger using arson as his weapon, using bombs as like a weapon. He's not a bomber. Oh yeah, in. What was that? Won't get fooled again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Right. I like when they do this. I think it is a fun little twist, and it's like not everybody fits neatly into your little boxes. Compulsion does that too, actually, where they were like trying to do the profile of an arsonist, and they were like, "There's no sex, there's no power, there's no money," and then they realized that she was like a she was like a cleaner or something like that, um, using fire as a weapon. She wasn't an arsonist. Which I thought was interesting. They did it a couple times, which is cool. I just, so like this, yeah, I just, I just yeah. think it's an interesting thing that they do that they hadn't done in like ten episodes. So yeah, they like, haven't done it in you. a while. Yeah. So L goes to Hitchcock. They keep sending people to Hitchcock Pharmaceutical, and you keep like thinking they're going to be in danger, and then they're like just not. So they're totally fine. Yeah. So L goes, and she's talking to like the head um, executive assistant, and she's like, "So the woman who died, Dempsey, like." What was she like? And it's like, oh, she was self-deprecating, socially awkward. Um, the past week, she'd been super busy helping to plan the corporate retreat. And I was like, I'm going to go through her desk. And they were like, the police did, but like, go for it, I guess. Um, nothing comes of that. <laughs> I love when they do a good, I'm going to go do this and then just completely drop it for a while. <laughs> yeah, they did that in um, LDSK where Derek's like, I'm going to go get a warrant for his house. And then he comes back later like, nothing hey, happened. <laughs> What's <laughs> nothing <up>? happened. <laughs> hey, gang. Yeah. It's like literally, like, but why though? Um, yeah. So then we go back to the station. They find out that there was a guy who was a chemist who his business was bought by Hitchcock and he applied for a a patent for for medicine at the same time Dempsey applied for a loan. And they were like, okay, I bet that like he talked to Dempsey and both of them were going to be in Dempsey's name. And Garcia's like, yes, but the loan and the patent got rejected because Hitchcock Pharmaceutical had already patented it. And they patented through that first New Jersey federal bank. 
bum 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 yeah so then they're like let's go get the guy they i swear to god do not ever say this man's name Uh, (laughs) they're just like let's go um, edward hill okay edward hill thank you um they go to his location and there was like the funnest rock music I was like, ooh, we are grooving. I was like, this is a name brand song. I don't know what it is, but I can tell it's a name brand song. Oh, yeah. Who was it? Was it Was it the Rocket House song? I don't know. It was good, though. I was like, hell yeah, I am jamming. I love when they just, like, out of nowhere, they're like, It's like when yeah. they, play, they play Sympathy for the Devil during the Hankel episodes, and I'm just like, yeah, I love this song. Let's fucking go. I love when they do, like, old rock music. I think it is very fun. Yeah. Good for you. Coming away. Um, so they throw a smoke bomb, and they go in wearing masks into the warehouse, and then it cuts to, like, a guy on the inside, like, watching through the window. And then Derek just, like, appears behind him and puts a gun to his back, and it's like, don't even try it. And Derek's got his tiny sunglasses on. And he's got his got tiny little on. sunglasses on. I, I love that man. <laughs> I love Derek Morgan. Two mobile phones, tiny sunglasses, windbreaker man. Love him. He's got tiny little sunglasses. I think there are so few people that can work those tiny little sunglasses like Derek can. He wears them into season three. Like, he does not give them up. Also, somebody pointed out that Derek still has hair in season one. And as soon as they said it, I was like, oh, no, I can't stop staring at his head now. (laughs) Where's my bald man? (laughs) So they take him to the police station and they're like, something's wrong because the guy let us take him and like he wouldn't have done that. Um, And then Gideon is like, hey, Hotch, sometimes you get it wrong. That's okay." (laughs) Oh, so funny. I was like that he didn't get it wrong, though. Did he? Uh, the guy's lab had botulism in it, but like they don't have a clue about like what is going to happen next. There's like no way to find out. So Reed is like, he's going to go through the witness reports for evidence. Maybe there's like clues there. And then Hotch and Gideon go into talk to the guy, Hill. Um, and they were like, did you kill Lynn? And he's like, Lynn was killed by the company a long time ago. And he's like, the company took everything from me. It took my family. He took my salary, my insurance. Like, he, they took my idea. Like, all this kind of stuff. They took everything from me. Um, And the man is sweating. And I made a note that he is sweating. And I just realized it's probably because he has fucking botulism. <laughs> he, yeah, no, he definitely was dying <laughs> actively. Yeah. Yeah. Also, this dude's voice sounded so familiar, and I could not place him until I looked at his IMDb page. He does a ton of voice acting for like video games, but also he was in uh, the Clone Wars TV show, show the animated oh, TV show. Who he did he was, play? yeah, he was a uh, Supreme Chancellor Palpatine <laughs> and Darth Sidious. Oh, I got it. Well, those are the same person. I have yeah. got to tell Sharon that she'll love that. Yeah, no, I was just like, his voice sounds really familiar and I don't know why. And then I looked at his IMDb page and it's so many, mm-hmm. so many He's video games actor. and also some Scooby-Doo in there. Oh, yeah. Um, Hodge offers the guy like attention. He's like, we're going to get you a fair deal. Um, it's going to be great. And He's like, here's my ADA card. 
I am a lawyer. I'll take your case. I think you've got a good one. Um, and the guy's like, I just want my sons to know that I created something great. And then he says, there's a party at the executive building. The punch ball is poisoned. Um, cut to the party. <laughs> there's a huge sign that says, congrats on number one sales. And I don't know, but that's so funny to me. It's like the Criminal Minds writers were like, oh, shit, it's a party at a business. Uh, congrats on the sales, guys. Congrats, you did <laughs> selling good. <laughs> like, yeah. Yes. And it's so funny, too, because you learned earlier that the executives were all going off for a retreat. So, like, it's not even a party where, like, you're getting personally congratulated by your boss. Your boss is somewhere else right now. <laughs> I just love it. They just had no idea yeah, why they 100%. should have this party, but they're like, fuck, we need one for the plot. Let's go. Derek and Elle burst into the party and they're like, put down the food, step away from the punch bowl. Uh, everybody, they're like, put everything's going to be A OK. And everybody surprisingly is like very chill with it. Yeah. Like, um. Yes. And then. JJ comes in with the CDC and the antitoxin, and she's like, we've got three dozen doses. Everyone's going to get it. Don't worry. Have a break. And then they're like, yeah, the punch did her botulism, though. And Gideon's like, it just doesn't make sense. And Reed comes in and is like, one of the victims was severely diabetic. And Hot is like, <laughs> okay. And Reed <laughs> says, he would. they wouldn't have taken candy at the bank. They're diabetic. And Which I like, love. I love that. That's so clever. Even I was like on the Aaron Hotchner side of like, okay, why are you telling me this? And he's like, he wouldn't have taken candy. And I was like, oh shit, he wouldn't have taken candy. I was just yeah. like, what's going on? I thought it was going to be like, maybe they like metabolized it different or like it wouldn't have worked on someone with diabetes because they metabolized different. Because that comes up in another episode. Remember the episode where yeah. the woman made them like living dolls? Yes. The medicine yes. like wears off on one of the women because she's like diabetic. So her body like filters things differently. So I thought it was going to be like one of those. Um, no, it was the candy, which I was like, yeah, as the spouse of a diabetic, I was like, yeah, good. <laughs> um, so then they realized like, oh, if you look at the picture, not only does she have her hand in the candy bowl, she's got her hand on the envelope. So maybe she wasn't saying it's the end. Maybe she was saying it's the envelopes which confused me because i say envelope not I do. envelope I, I i say envelope as well yeah but it's i could see you stop and like think about how you say envelope and you're like wait that's not how she says it yeah i was like envelope i was like end like, envelope but then i was like e people do say envelope um <laughs> we're just silly we just talk bad <laughs> We talked and you know what? Correct. That's okay. Uh, yeah. So they were like, they weren't testing the effectiveness. They were testing the method of delivery because botulism and LSD are the only two like drugs that can be passed on with like one one thousandth of a gram. And it was on the sticky part of the envelope. So when they licked the envelope, they got the LSD and that, that the same method could be used then to transfer botulism. 
which I was like thinking, I was like, ew. But now I realize we don't even lick envelopes anymore. We like pull off the little thing and it, you know, it's got like a plastic on it and you pull the plastic off and then it's sticky. Yeah. We don't even like lick envelopes anymore. So this would be um, unviable now. This was a very 2006 episode. It was the wild yeah. fucking west of envelope licking. Mm-hmm. And that the Rufy and the Candies was just a distraction. Mm-hmm. So then they were like, but wait. Then, just like the candy was a decoy, the punch is a decoy. And then the unsub starts like choking. Um, and Hockey They Kenyan, look like, back at the unsub and, and he just, is... Like, <laughs> 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 like, hands around his neck fully just like... <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then they get in and they like put him on the floor he does the the subtitles say he does a death rattle and he does he goes yeah <laughs> he does it as like a ha 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 they like lower him to the ground and like try to like save him and then he just goes <laughs> and, like <laughs> Such sticks a his tongue out at them it's yeah. so funny to me. Yeah. So I funny. love a good so death then, rattle. Yeah. Morgan calls Hotch and he's like, the party is just like regular people. All the corporate people are on the retreat. And they were like, well, call them. Well, there's no signal until tomorrow. And it's like, well, what are they going to be doing? And they're like, games, I guess. Um, and then it cuts to them being like, let's vote with paper. This year we're using envelopes. And it was just like, oh. So okay. there's no cheating, Fred. And they really call out this one specific guy who looks so, so confused. Funny. So funny. It's um, so yeah. good. I love team building bullshit. I love, I love it so much. Bullshit. I wish we had gotten team building BAU. Like, I know they do like dinner and stuff, but I wish we had gotten like a real like, today's the day we're doing team building. Exercises. Here's our team building obstacle course. Everybody go. <laughs> like, oh that would have been God. so fun. Fuck, that would have been so fun. It would have been like JJ and Derek getting very competitive, like <laughs> too into it. Reed and Penelope just give up and sit to the side halfway through. Emily is like doing her best, but she's not like, she's not great, but like she's doing it. She's trying. Um, yeah, she and Hotch are like, high five, we have finished within the required amount of time. Not by <laughs> yeah. much, but we did do it. And Rossi is like, no. Rossi no, sits you. there with a glass of wine to laugh at them all as they go. Yeah. JJ, Rossi's the one who's like timing JJ and Derek. You know, <laughs> Hotch and Emily are like, I'm just happy we made it through, honestly. Like, I'm just having a good time. Yeah, exactly. Uh, why did we not get it? Team building day at the BAU would have been such a fun episode that, like, didn't focus on a murderer. That would have been such a fun one. Like, they did the, like, Reed and Penelope need to, like, take the fitness exam thing. But (laughs) I wanted to see, like, all of them and it'd be, like, an obstacle course. (laughs) So good. Okay. The team is driving very fast in their car. There's a helicopter looking for them. We see the man, like, licking the envelopes. And then we find out that the state troopers... Found them, they go to them, the men are sick, and then they give them the um antidote. Antitoxin. And I wrote, I'm almost on the unsub side. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck these rich corporate yeah. pharmaceutical assholes. I'm kind of on the unsub side too. I mean I guess don't like kill them, but like But I also get upset. eat the rich. Fuck big pharma. Fuck big pharma. <laughs> 
So we go to the plane, and Elle, Reed, Gideon, and Morgan are asleep. So Morgan, I am now headcanoning that Morgan is afraid of flying. Because every time they're not actively talking to him, he has like his like headphone recorder on. And I like that he to think he's like listening to like Imagine you're on the ground. Calm. The swing is the ocean. Like some sort of something, and he's like asleep with his like self-help tapes. Like that's what I'm imagining for Derek <laughs> now. He always um, he's also usually sitting upright in a chair, unlike the rest of them. Yeah. He, he sits upright, upright quite a lot. Yeah, he's very rarely laying down, I think. Yeah, you're right. You're totally right. Um, We've stumbled onto yet another layer of depth for criminal minds. Oh, criminal minds. Good for you. Doing your thing. Um, and then Hotch is like walking to the back of the plane and he sees JJ doing a report. And JJ's like, hey, Hotch, out of all the departments in the BAU, why did you, well, out of all the departments in the FBI, why did you want to work at the BAU? And he says like, well, when I was a lawyer, you know, by the time the cases came to me, it always felt like it was too late. And then he was mm-hmm. like, sorry, that didn't really answer your question. And she's like, no, it didn't. But like, yes, it did. He wanted to so, like, stop crime before it happened. Like he like yes. I don't know. But also they don't stop the crime before it happens. They just stop crime as it is happening. They stop more crime from happening. Yeah, exactly. They cut the crime short. You're right. You're right. Um Yes, you're right. So then JJ like puts the file like in an envelope and then she like goes to lick it and like hesitates and it's like mm, and just like puts it down and it's like I'm gonna go to sleep and she just like grabs her blanket <laughs> and then Hotch Hotch forlornly looks out the window at the ground below and it ends nice that's it that's it it's a that's really yeah this episode is like goes in with a bang and then kind of ends with a whimper you know it just sort of ends yeah and like i like this episode i think it's a good episode of season one i just think season one episodes are so much worse than literally every other season yeah that like you're like this sucks (laughs) but it doesn't this is a fine episode yeah it's a fine episode. It's one of those just like really forgettable season one episodes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's fine. I would watch it again, but I'm not going to remember it enough to pick it out. Of yeah. A lineup, you know. And also, when I go to watch an episode of Criminal Minds, I don't go best. to season one. Never. Well, other we say that every time we go to like vote... Or, like, say what we rank it. We're always like, but I don't like (laughs) season one, though. Just, here's the thing. is like, with most shows, as with most shows, season one is them trying to figure out what the fuck they're doing. Mm -hmm. And, like, that's cool and all. Except I think Criminal Minds has a weaker season one than most other shows. Yeah, I think it, it really was trying to compete with other procedurals and it was really trying to be a procedural in that way and once it realized that like its strength was its characters Mm -hmm. 
and how the characters were interacting with um once they the realized cases. the strength was the people yeah and that like we care about seeing how the characters interact with the cases and how they respond to things that's what we want um then it didn't get better i think as far as procedurals go season one is a perfectly fine season first season of a procedural Mm -hmm. but criminal minds the show i think is more than other procedurals also like not a procedural if that makes sense like season one or criminal minds has such highs that season one just feels like such a low low compared to what we get later you know yeah so scale of one to ten james what do you rank this episode i'm gonna give it a five a middle of the road middle of the road i'm gonna give it a seven because like i said it's a good middle of the road though yeah this is not one of those from season one that i like remember but like it's not one that i'm gonna be upset if i turn on the tv and find and find it you know true 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 exactly also have you noticed that i don't know if it's just my local tv stations but they always play like season three of criminal minds is the one that i see most often on tv I don't, have I don't know if that's just like Kansas City area, but like season three and four is what I see on TV. It's the Emily of it all. And honestly, so true. As it should also, be. Also, season four is the best season, so. Season four is really fucking good. <laughs> God, it's uh, so yep. sad that they hit their stride so early in season four out of 15. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, yeah. Did you? They said the episode title inside the episode. Well, a lot. Yeah, I suppose because so. Because <laughs> they say poison. <laughs> they do say poison. No wheels Which up. is so... We haven't had that in a while, and I kind of missed it. I, I know it's a dorky living. thing to keep track of, but, like, I missed it. It's nice. Yeah, it's nice. It's just, like, a nice little thing. Next time on Wheels Up, James, we're going to be talking about Season 1, Episode 14, <sighs> Riding the Lightning. I just don't like this one. And I think we're going to have a time with a capital T. Yeah. Because you just muttered that you don't like that episode. I do not remember that episode, like, at all. You will once it starts. It does have, like, the one of the best JJ lines of all time on it. So true. Until... Next time, y'all find us on Twitter at Wheels Up Pod. Uh, if you if we fucked something up, like if you have a correction for us, or if you just want to leave us a nice little voice message, you can do so at anchor.fm slash wheels up pod. That's where you can leave a voice message. We'll play it on the show. Yeah, cool. James, what's our ending quote here? Despite what your mother says, I'm not completely useless.